Hi friends, are you anything like me? Are you an MK or a missionary with a really weird relationship to owning nice things and experiencing good things? If so, congratulations, you're in great company. So many of us struggle with that fine line between gratitude for the lives we get to live and maybe a twinge of guilt for the way onlookers perceive what we have and what we do. Can I hear an amen on that? Just FYI, the article that is the basis for this episode was just published on a fantastic website, alifeoverseas.com, which I'll link to in the notes. Make sure you head on over there and see the great collection of ministry-related materials they've collated for their weeders. But before you do that, this is guiltitude, the guilt of having in a world of sacrificing. My pastor got a car. His van was totaled in an accident, and just as he and his wife were considering what it would take to finance a new vehicle, someone they know offered them a Volvo. This past Sunday, he spoke with awe in his voice about the miraculous provision for his family. Then he emphasized that the car was well above their means, and he added, I don't want anyone to see the car and think, wow, my pastor can afford a Volvo? I turned to the friend sitting next to me and said, I hate that he had to add that. Then I remembered how often I've done something similar. I've noticed the syndrome before. I've lived it. And it has reached epidemic proportions in the world of missions. Even among the MKs I serve, I see it embodied every day, inherited from parents who might not even realize the lessons they've been teaching. Here's the made-up definition for this made-up word, guiltitude. Condition in which guilt overwhelms gratitude, most commonly observed in those who are dependent on charitable giving, aggravated by fear of judgment, often resulting in calculated communication, or conscience-stricken self-restriction. Let me be really honest. I am a guiltituder. When I moved back to the States from Europe about 10 years ago now, I found my elation over God's provision of my townhouse tempered by strong feelings of guilt. Though I could document every miracle that had paved the way to my new home, I still struggled with the guilt of having when I lived in the ministry universe of sacrificing. I wondered if guests would see my flea market European antiques bought for $50 but worth hundreds in the U.S. and question whether they're appropriate for a missionary's home. I found myself wanting to explain things by saying, this was given to me by a friend, or I bought this for next to nothing at a charity store in Alsace. Even today, as I look around this home and see the items contributed by the outrageous generosity of friends, I am hit again by that uncomfortable combination of paralyzing guilt and galvanizing gratitude. I live in the land of guiltitude. And guiltitude is not a uniquely Phoenix notion, either. Though it doesn't afflict all of us, it impacts enough of us to warrant some attention— Its symptoms, which you might recognize, are wide-ranging. A missionary to Germany relinquishes the old beat-up Mercedes he was given for free by members of his local church and invests his own funds in buying a less brand-y car to avoid looking ostentatious. 
a missionary to Switzerland, while interacting with his supporting church, avoids speaking of the recent purchase of expensive editing software, though much of his ministry relies on producing music and videos. A missionary family scores $25 plane tickets to fly to Monaco for spring break. They post only a handful of pictures taken in the wealthy principality, but they're sure to thank the discount airline and the person who offered them cheap housing when they do. You know, just in case. When I lived overseas, I vividly remember talking with a friend who had, for a year, bought virtually no furniture for her home. I asked her if she planned on getting a couch and maybe a kitchen table at some point, and she said, My supporters send me money for ministry, and getting furniture is not ministry. Like so many others, she'd bought into something I call donor demand. There's an old-school component to it. We like our missionaries to look deprived and to live without. It adds a certain nobility to the minister's status and to the giver's sacrifice. You might be amazed at the rigid and sometimes irrelevant standards by which the validity of a missionary's work has been judged. Owning a Mercedes and serving in a beautiful location are just two of the numerous reasons for which devoted financial partners have been known to rethink and sometimes even withdraw their crucial partnership. Guiltitude can be really hard to diagnose because it often masquerades as responsibility or humility. Its most obvious symptoms are fear of having, because true missionaries by some accounts must live in squalor, Fear of doing, because some activities may be misunderstood as frivolous. Fear of full reporting, because some ministry partners may misread the value and purpose of what is owned and done. I've seen all three reach irrational levels in MKs who grew up in an environment where financial guilt of some sort prevailed. Even their adult relationship to money and ownership can be irreversibly skewed by the toxic influence of guiltitude. I'll note that it goes without saying that there are instances in which missionaries truly have lived in excessive or dishonorable ways and been rightfully confronted about it. In my own life, I found how easy it is for guilt to sneak into a spirit of gratitude. I am so grateful for God's provision of my every practical, physical, and spiritual need since I began ministry in 1991, and for the donors whose gifts have kept me serving for these 29 years. That gratitude pushes me every day to be worthy of their sacrifice, but it also contributes to a creeping sense of guilt. How can I invest the funds I receive from supporters who often give sacrificially on things that are less than essential? Why should I buy a thrift store buffet or the used car of my dreams when others can make do with cardboard furniture and a 16-year-old beater? I'm afraid I don't know that there's a permanent cure for guiltitude. Something tells me it's a chronic disease that lurks in subconscious places. Perhaps a good place to start is for both sides, the servers and the givers, to acknowledge its existence, then treat its symptoms with a healthy dose of truthful assessment. If nothing else, this may at least mitigate guiltitude's damage. May I offer a few suggestions? One, remind yourselves that you are called both to live and to serve. 
For most humans, living well requires rest, some level of comfort, and the occasional escape. It's okay to enjoy places, things, and activities that are financially responsible. You are not supported just to do a job, and there is growing evidence that self-care actually leads to greater longevity on the field of service. Two, report clearly and intentionally, not out of guilt, but out of a desire to accurately inform those who follow your ministry. Three, Surround yourself with a smaller, understanding group of friends with whom you can share parts of your life that you don't reveal on social media or in letters. This will keep you from feeling like you're being deceptive. You're just being selective. And four, counter irrational disapproval with facts and assert truths that contradict flawed rationales. A poor, burnt-out, or suffering missionary is not more godly than a comfortable, healthy, and happy missionary. As I sit today in my modest and comfortable home, surrounded by treasured bits and pieces of my years overseas, I am grateful for three decades of ministry rich in locations, accomplishments, and experiences. I am also very aware of the challenges that come with the blessings of ministry. My commitment to myself as I contemplate the opinions of others on what they see of my life is to thoughtfully consider legitimate causes for concern, to adjust my choices when appropriate out of faithfulness and accountability to God, and to prayerfully let go of unfounded accusations, even or maybe especially those that I inflict on myself. Thank you, friends, for tuning in today. Please don't hesitate to contact me if you have something to add or a question to ask. My contact information is in the episode's notes, as well as a link to the article this one is based on. And as always, if you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, please feel free to share it with them or to post about it on your social media pages. Wherever you are, whatever stage of guiltitude you might find yourself in, I pray as I send this episode into the world today that you will be able to see your life through God's eyes, to release what is unimportant, and to cling to what is true. Thank you for listening.